welcome to uh, our second episode of Deep Gospel in 2021. Um, I'm Haley Eccles. I'm the Associate Director at Campus of City Wesley, where I love to serve and work with um, young adults. And I've got uh, some people in our community here, and we're doing something a little bit different this semester um, as we try to stay connected um, to our partners and people who are a part of um, the work that we do just by being a part of the church that we worship in. So, um, Ty, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, hi everyone. My name is Ty and I'm the uh, Senior Assistant Director with Campus of City Wesley. Uh, been a uh, member of Deep Gospel episodes past and stoked for 2021. So, happy to be here. I'm happy you're here, Ty. You always think very differently than me, and it's such a good thing. <laughs> um, and Sarah, introduce yourself. Hey guys, I'm Sarah. I am a ministry specialist with CCW, and I mostly help out with worship. Um, so this semester that's going to look like lots of videos and streaming and things like that. So that's what I do. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. And then uh, we have Pastor Carrie uh, with us. So Carrie, if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah. Hey, I'm Carrie Yoder. I serve as one of the pastors at Memorial United Methodist Church, which is way north in Fernandina Beach. Um, and um, I have been there about six years. My areas of focus are with children and with youth and with Ed, with really with anything Christian education. And so um, I do a big mix of things and Sarah, I get, everything looks different now. All I do is look at a screen and record videos. So um, that's me. I have two kids that are seven and four and uh, my husband's a teacher. So that's just a little bit about me. One of the reasons that I wanted um, Carrie to join us is that your passion for um, reading scriptures, understanding like implications and stuff in a way that they matter to even like the youngest, the most new in their faith that um, you don't want to water down these things. And yet you also have this like beautiful eye towards um, including um, everyone in our community uh and so i think that that's something good for us to like learn from and so i'm interested to hear your perspective on on different things too because i'm sure that just like sometimes i read scriptures and my mind goes to like where would i like preach about this or what kind of blog would i write yours probably goes like oh here's a children's message <laughs> that i can like pull out yeah that that's absolutely true because i really think if we can explain it to a fourth grader then everybody's going to be able to get it and then if really if we can explain it to a three-year-old everybody's going to get it but a fourth grader is more the level we go for so yeah it's good yeah well thanks carrie um for joining us and sarah and ty um sarah will you open us in a word of prayer yes making sure that i unmuted myself correctly <sighs> jesus thank you so much for um today. It's beautiful out right now. Um, thank you for technology and allowing us to be able to connect in this way. I just ask that you be in our conversation 
as we talk about um, stories that you are a part of, um, that you would just be present in conversation and um, yeah, that this would just be a really good eye-opening time. So thank you, amen. All right, so our scripture is coming from John. And in this, um, this time in the lectionary, we usually focus on Mark, but we get to jump over to John for a second before we'll go back to Mark. So we'll be in John chapter one, starting in verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said to him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I just always think of that when I read scripture out loud. <laughs> so um, I'm going to ask Ty to start us off. We always kind of start our conversation with what we liked. I think it is a great entrance into where we've kind of connected with the passage. So Ty, what did you like about this passage? Yeah, I, uh, I like the simplicity of this thing. Uh, and some episodes past, I tend to like take a simple thing in other people's eyes and like make it more complex or try to find a different angle. Uh, and I don't think that's actually happening this time, which I appreciate for my own self uh, too right now. Um, so the idea that everything's laid out for me simply in reading, uh, and there's more layers under it to talk about, but I think those fit into the other categories we're going to talk about tonight too. But what I really appreciated and liked was the fact that your setting, your time, your people were all laid out simply. And I don't think there's much more for me when I read the scripture to read into other than to try to make, like if I was to read in it some more, I think I would be diverting from the the true uh, implication of this scripture so um, I really appreciate that there's a tree there's two three people and a simple dialogue that happened and that's about it nothing more nothing less so when you say simple just to like clarify what I hear you saying is like I know who's talking to who and when and kind of the order of that conversation yep. um that kind of thing i don't need to know who was wearing what i don't need to know you know who put on deodorant that morning or who forgot to take care of their sheep or whatnot and uh, no, i just that's it that's all the information we need easy in and out done 
Thanks, Ty. I love that. I also, we uh, had a, a gathering of our um, directors yesterday and we were talking, we were telling different stories and Ty was able to tell the story about himself in one sentence. So I know he's a guy that really appreciates that preciseness. I'm just so over college lifestyle where I had to like use a minimum of a thousand words or something on a page. It's like, no, I can say everything in 20 words and be done. Give me an A, I'm done. So that's what I appreciate about this scripture. Um, Carrie, did you have something to add? I do. And I, Ty, what you said is exactly how I live my life. There is hope. Because I, my job in the world is to take the Bible passage and to kind of not condense it and that take things out, but present it in a way that it's like, this is what I believe they're saying. So I like what you said. Um, one of the other things that I really found interesting in this passage, I always try to find the humor in scripture, which I know sounds kind of weird. Like, is, is the Bible really funny? But it actually is. There's quite much humor in it. And my favorite line in the passage is near the end. Um, when uh, Nathaniel replied, Rabbi, you're the son of God, you're the king of Israel. And Jesus said, do you believe this? Because I told you, and I saw you under the fig tree, you will see greater things than these. And I just pictured Jesus being like, you have no idea what's coming yet. Like, and I just find humor in that because it's like, why did they record that? Like, what's the point of this simple conversation other than to show us like, these are real people in real times and to set up like you have no idea what is about to come in mean, the very next story is Cana and Galilee and the wedding where he changed water into wine and so it's just like the hit the, the disciples the new new disciples minds were blown just because Jesus recognized them and yet there's more to come and so it's both like dot 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 here's what's coming and like well it's very humorous that they included that so that was what I was thinking about Thanks, Carrie. I, um, I, I also enjoy a good humorous passage, but I'll have to say like, there's, I think that'll come back to my challenge of um, if that was humor or not. So uh, Sarah, what did you like about the passage? Yeah, um, I actually, similarly, I was looking for the part that's like a little bit um, funny or like seems improper or whatever it might be like I, I just kind of like look for those things as well but what caught my eye mostly was I really liked when Philip was getting Nathaniel and saying like come see like we found him and it was instant skepticism it wasn't excitement it he was like can anything good come out of Nazareth and that was um I just relate to that a lot so I really like that um that's portrayed that um, Philip was also a good friend and just knew what Nathaniel needed and said, just come see for yourself instead of trying to argue with him then and there. He was like, just come follow me and we'll go see together. Um, so I like that that skepticism was portrayed because um, I just think that's also something really important, but it was instant, um, instant like pushback a little bit. And I liked that. Thanks, Sarah. Um, yeah, I, uh, to add to what you're saying, it's so interesting that the, it's the skepticism that Jesus knew about because Jesus is like, yeah, I saw that whole conversation go down and yet could still look at him and 
give him this like flattering affirmation of who he was by saying like, this is somebody who, um, my version said, uh, who there's no deceit. Um, it was like a really truthful person. I think that's really cool. That wasn't my like, I just am tacking that on because there's a lot of different things I liked in this passage. I, but in that same vein, what I liked was the come and see invitation. And while I think part of it is what you said, Sarah, about kind of allowing Nathaniel to kind of test and see for himself, I think it's good for us to remember that God's the one in charge of doing kind of the revealing of like making things happen. The invitation that we give to people is not trying to like prove it to them, but just providing, showing, taking them to the places where we see God and allowing it to be up to like God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus to be the one who breaks through and says like, yes, that's for you too. Um, and I think I've been in so many spaces where people make, like kind of don't trust the Holy Spirit to do that work and end up representing a kind of faith that actually is very unhelpful to a lot of people. So, um, so that's what I liked. It's just a very simple invitation. Um, okay, we're in the text. We've like felt a little bit welcomed by the things we've liked. And then we like talk about those challenges and those things that kind of start to either challenge us because they show us something that we need to work on or challenge us because we're like, what the heck is this talking about? So Carrie, what was uh, your challenge? Um, the, the text is so simple that it was almost difficult to figure out like, well, what is the most, when I think of challenge, I think of like, almost like, what do I disagree with? Right. Which is not necessarily the best maybe way to look at a challenge, but like, what do I not like in this passage? And I don't see a ton of that here, except there's the only thing that, and this has kind of been my whole life. is like, when you hear the calling of the disciples and it's like, you picture Jesus like walking down the street and he's like, you and you and you. And they're like, sure. And they drop everything and they get behind him and they walk. And I, and I, and every preacher I've ever heard talks about this is like, and you're called now and you're called now. And I think to myself, am I supposed to give up everything I have to follow Jesus? But that's not reality, right? Like, yes, we are supposed to follow Jesus with everything we are. But I think that the text, if I'm to find a challenge in the text, it leaves out, I think, all of the human wrestling with I, that I think had to happen with Philip and Nathaniel and the rest of the disciples that he calls before this to say, but but God, um, and, and who are you, Jesus? And I feel something, but I have a mom and a dad and maybe a wife or a business. And so like, I, in my world and myself, wish that the text had throughout the Bible, given me a little bit more and the disciples wrestled with this or, and this was very difficult, but this is how, cause yeah, I do believe we are supposed to follow God with everything that we are. And in many places we have to leave things behind. I did. I left my family and moved here. Um, 
but it just, I just, does that make sense? I just kind of, I find myself wondering what did the disciples think? And like, I don't think in my, in my, under, in my experience, which of course is very important to us Wesleyans, I don't know that Philip and Nathaniel would have just said, sure, why not? Especially after Nathaniel had just said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So he's already doubting Jesus. And then the next sentence, he's like, sure, I'll go with you. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, I challenge that. All right, John, the gospel writer, could you have given us a little bit more? But he didn't. So then I wonder, well, what are we supposed to do with this? So that's kind of the, the question that I have as I look at this text. That's so interesting because it it kind of, it almost links up well with this idea of Jesus being like, wow, like that did it for you. <laughs> like the fact that I knew like where you were, like sometimes I guess I just wonder, you know, what is that thing that kind of gets us to that full devotion. And I've always experienced Jesus call as um, almost like a gentle, like, okay, just, just come here, just take one more step. And then like, just take one more step, not like, okay, it's all or nothing, you know, sell everything or, or don't, you know, kind of thing. And um, so I, I appreciate that kind of thought and wrestling or lack of wrestling in the text. Um, Sarah, what about you? What challenged you? Yeah, I think similarly, um, just like a lack of information. Um, if we're really trying to pick it apart, I feel like there is kind of a lack of dialogue um, or at least some missing body language, maybe like something that would tell us a little more about what was actually going on because things on paper are just always a little different. Um, and so I think the thing that mainly stuck out to me was when Nathaniel says like, Rabbi, you are the son of God. And Jesus is like, just because I, you know, just because I told you that I saw you. Um, and again, I side with Nathaniel on this, that like, he's had quite the day, you know? And like, I feel like, by that point, unless it was like a kind of joking jab or something, I, I don't know if I got pushed back from Jesus like that, I might just be like, okay, dude, I'm just gonna go back to where I came from then because you obviously don't need me. I don't know, I'd probably get sassy or something. Um, so I think that that challenged me um, to see Jesus instantly push back and Nathaniel's been kind of on a long ride it seems like so that's that's about it for me <laughs> I think this was exactly where my um challenge kind of hit too um the way that I read this and I and I'm almost challenged by like am I totally reading this incorrectly but I read this with like a little bit of like condescension from Jesus of like, do you believe this because I told you about the fig tree? Like, and, and I do think there's this like layer of like, okay, you just said nothing good can come, 
can come from my hometown and all of a sudden you're sold like but this kind of condescension the way I read it I just kind of wonder one am I reading that completely incorrectly um and is this a little bit more um gentle sarcasm or maybe even humorous um as Carrie suggested like that there's humor in it um especially because Jesus told him this one thing I saw you as a proof because Jesus knew like okay this is the proof he needs to understand that I am you know who I am so I just I was just kind of challenged about like why are we giving him a hard time for believing um in this in this way I, I also could have an answer of like why he would be giving him a hard time but uh just because like my initial thoughts are like okay there's going to be a lot more testing later on but like they just met <laughs> it seems like they could work on that you know a little later um ty what about you did you have any challenges yeah um you said it earlier when we first started um was just talking about like uh philip to nathaniel just saying just come and see uh and if i was to place myself in the text like put myself in the place of philip um and already have understood how who jesus is and who they are to me um uh and then going on to speak for jesus to somebody else and say uh with an invite um there's almost a sense of like natural defensiveness that comes in like if there was any any pushback being like with with nathaniel's comment about anything good coming from nazareth um and at that moment philip made the right choice in my mind which was what i would internalize my challenge to be is like just leave it up to jesus to make things happen and not try to go to bat for jesus uh because it's like Jesus has done something personal for me, so I can't get in the way of what Jesus could make personal for somebody else, um, in a sense of, like, if I go to bat for what Jesus has done for me, I'm kind of putting my personal influence onto Nathaniel, um, and I feel like that gets in, a, gets in the way of what Jesus could really do for Nathaniel. Um, I don't know, it's kind of vague, in a sense, but I, I got it that uh, I read it that way and understood it to a place where it's like Jesus says the words that he needs to say uh, for somebody to understand what they need to know uh, and deem important and internalize quicker than I could by showing and sharing my personal story and influence with that. So let me just leave it up to Jesus and just say, come and see, and you'll get all your questions answered. So that's the challenge is to just Stop, stop, stop talking a lot and uh, let Jesus do that. I don't know why I got this image when you were talking, Ty, but I thought about, um, you know, we all live in Duval County right now, I think. Well, not Carrie, but <laughs> I'm sorry. That was, I don't mean to exclude you, 
But you, you're familiar with Duval County, the 904, the culture. And if you're not, maybe you've seen like The Good Place. So we have this like caricature of Jackson Billions in the show, The Good Place. And amongst other people from Jacksonville, I love talking about the character of Jason and his love for Duval County and all the stuff he likes spoofs and how he loves the Jaguars and all that stuff. But then if I have somebody from like outside who like brings it up to me and like makes fun of it, then it's like, you don't have the right to talk about it. And it's like, I almost got that feeling tie of like that rush of being like, Hey, you can't make fun of Jesus yet. You haven't even met him. <laughs> um, and yet this like invitation of like, okay, I'm going to just take that and just be like, nope, we're just going to set it aside. I'm going to let you, you meet him and then deal with it then. Absolutely. Random, random gospel connections. <laughs> um, Carrie, go ahead. I love that perspective because what do I see most people do when they like especially in the church and I work with a lot of church people um, and my experience is um, if somebody doesn't understand something that the scripture has said they're going to try to rush to teach them like other teachers or other church ladies you all know church ladies I assume you know church ladies um, and so they're going to try to rush to explain it instead of what Philip did here was just say, just come and see for yourself instead of Philip could have stopped right there and be like, no, let me explain to you why I know that this is the man that we are looking for, the Messiah that we're looking for. And he doesn't try, I like how y'all said that he didn't try to put it in his own words. He just instead says, you, you'll see, just come and watch. And I just like, that is a challenge to say, how often do we let our own interpretations of who Jesus is? Um, try to teach like to try to inform others when we should just let Jesus do that which I just think is really interesting so I appreciate that y'all brought that up that's very challenging to me especially as a pastor <laughs> and the thing on the other the, like to flip side it on uh, is to say when Jesus does teach them because I firmly believe that Jesus is something for each of us and if you notice he doesn't have to say anything to Philip other than come follow me and then to Nathaniel, he has to say, I saw you under the fig tree. He has to explain things a little bit more. And so they have different relationships with Jesus like that off the bat. And this one little thing. And I just wonder, is Philip sitting on the sideline going, well, why didn't Jesus talk to me? Or why did he need more? You know, like, and he doesn't, or we don't see that. I don't know what happened, but we don't see that. And so we try to have everybody's relationship with Jesus should look like mine or yours but not like their own individual persons. And yet in this text, they each have their own individual interactions with Jesus, which I think is powerful. Yeah, very. Um, our gospel implications, I think usually come out of these challenges, but sometimes not. Um, and so I'm curious, Sarah, where you saw um, gospel in this passage. Yeah, um, it might be the most obvious, um, but I think that even though Jesus knew he was going to have to go back and forth with Nathaniel, um, and he knew that there was going to be hesitancy and that he was going to be a little bit more of a challenge, I guess, 
um, that Jesus still wanted him. And so I think that that um, was probably the more obvious implication that I saw. Um, yeah, I'm sure that there's all kinds if I picked it apart. I just, I, I think I have a heart for Nathaniel in this passage. So I see kind of everything through that lens right now. Um, so I think that's probably the most obvious gospel implication I could find. Thanks, Sarah. Um, so my gospel implication is a little bit nerdy. <laughs> So Jesus says, um, you'll see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. And when we did our vision series, um, like a couple months ago, we talked about this passage in Genesis 28, where Jacob, um, falls asleep on a rock while he's running away from his brother and sees this like ladder, um, and angels coming and going um, up and down from heaven down to earth. So there is no way in my mind that Jesus in these words isn't also alluding to this moment of like what Jacob saw and whether or not Nathaniel like understands what Jesus means by that, I believe what Jesus is saying is very similar to something that Jacob said when he woke up. He said, surely the Lord was in this place, but I didn't know it. And I feel like this is Jesus saying like, God is here. <laughs> and like, you don't know it yet, but like, God <laughs> is here. And so like, I think that is just the crux of what gospel is for us is that like God is present, uh, pursuing like known, like God is here. And this makes the passage like all the more significant to me. So that was my gospel implication. Ty, what was your gospel implication? Um, it's kind of forming as you guys talk, adding on layers. Um, so it started with um, the simple dialogue between Jesus and Nathaniel. And it's like, all right, there's a lot of trust. And that's really the gospel implication that I was going with. It's like, there's trust on Nathaniel's end to give a lot of it to somebody he just met and declare something very, or say something definitive about Jesus and then receive affirmation on that. Um, but I was thinking earlier, uh, just a second ago, I was like, for, like, I feel like Jesus was saying, I saw you there under the fig tree as a, as an effort to be like, I'm going to give just a little bit of information to see if God, see if Nathaniel, this guy will give a lot of trust. Cause if he's not going to, he's going to have a hard time with it later down the road. Um, as almost like, kind of like a trial to this thing. Like, can, are you going to be okay with this now uh, as a foreshadowing of the future? And part of me is saying like when Jesus said that to Nathaniel I and this is I could be ignorant too and not know a whole lot about Nathaniel because that's the case too here and there's other people who are well versed in the history of Nathaniel's life but um 
I wonder if Jesus knew exactly what to say to Nathaniel to get that trust from him. And I wonder if Nathaniel was really wanting to be seen. Um, so therefore, all Jesus had to say was, I saw you under the fig tree. And maybe Nathaniel prior to this had just felt like he just needed somebody to have acknowledged that he had been seen. Um, I could be totally wrong with that. But like, I, I just think Jesus has the capability to work that way if he wanted to. Uh, and there's also the similarity to it's like I don't know half the time of things I want in my life but when I see exactly what I want I know to pick it out like in a field of, of things um I know definitively to say it's like I don't I wouldn't have been able to put the words together to say that's what I want but I know I, that's what I want right there so maybe Jesus had that weaving weird way backdoor whatever magic potion to say to Nathaniel here you go that's exactly what you needed I saw the Rubik's Cube of Nathaniel and Nathaniel stood up and was like he did it that, got it that's it that's all I need to do there I go uh and that I'm I'm following now and then Jesus affirms that it's like you have given me your full trust uh let's go on with it so you guys were talking prior about you know how to interpret Jesus's dialogue to Nathaniel of like is it condescending or whatnot and uh and totally see it that way too. But there's part of me that was like, I wonder if Jesus just meant it with full transparency of like, maybe this is what you need to hear. It is a little direct, but like, I truly know what you desire in life. And I want to give that to you and more. So here, here's the words simply, and you respond to them in the capacity that you can. And if it's to follow me further, then great. If not, it'll be a tough time. But yeah, that's what I implied was just a lot of trust uh, given off Nathaniel's end to Jesus in just simple, not a whole lot of dialogue and a whole lot, a lot of tangible things to grab onto, but just to fully trust and to see what you truly want and to claim it. Sarah, did you have something to add to that? Yeah, I did. Um, I just kind of just like a food for thought thing that something that Ty said really made me think of it when you were talking about kind of the um, Jesus's ability you said I think that he has the ability to do that like talking about knowing what Nathaniel needs. Um, and I think in this situation that's something that I always have like a hard time with is knowing how much did Jesus use supernatural abilities and how much was Jesus um, human just as much as I am. And I think that um, that kind of sparked a thought in my head that like perhaps Jesus used supernatural abilities to know what Nathaniel needed. And then like maybe Jesus had done his research and knows things about Nathaniel based on asking about him or um, maybe Jesus has learned about Nathaniel the same kind of way I would learn about somebody that I care about. Um, so I, I kind of was thinking about that just as like a something to think about, um, but I have no evidence or anything to back it up. It's just like a fun thought. I like to try to make Jesus as relatable as possible and learn from Jesus in that way. So if there was a way that Jesus is showing this um, pursuit of like getting to know somebody and their needs, then that's something that I want to be able to do as well even when I don't have like the supernatural ability to just guess really well. Um, so it's just kind of a fun thought to have. Yeah, I, think, 
I think even if Jesus had used like his um, connection to God and God's knowledge of all of us, it's still God getting to know us in a relationship. I love what you're saying, Sarah, because I always like, I teach a lot of confirmation classes. And um, one of the things that they always wrestle with is this fully human, fully divine Jesus. And how do we understand that? And if Jesus is fully divine, then how do we as humans connect to him as a human? Um, and so like, that's kind of what I hear you saying in that. But like, what I always talk about with them is like, and what I'm thinking about now is um, I do think Jesus uses his ability, like he's God. So he has the ability to make, have relationships with us and know our needs before we can even say them. But that doesn't mean that he's just poof knows it. It means that he's gotten to know us as people. And I just, I don't know. I just really liked, I have never thought about it in this passage before. So I really liked thinking about that. I also wonder if I just, when you were talking, Ty, about like Jesus sitting under the fig tree, I mean, Nathaniel sitting under the fig tree, I wonder what if Nathaniel was sitting under that fig tree praying to God for a sign about the Messiah? And that's why Jesus mentioned it. I don't know. Maybe it was it, maybe it wasn't. But um, that's kind of what I was thinking about. For the gospel implications, I think I, when I think about that, I think, well, if I were to preach this passage on Sunday, what would I preach about? Like, that's to me what the gospel implication is. And so I, I think I have like, I have a couple things. One is this come follow me. And it's Philip just saying, come on, Nathaniel, come with me. It's like, that's our job as Christians is just to say, let me show you the Jesus that I know, just come with me. And then another one is to realize that like, like I said earlier in the challenging part that our job as Christians is not to dictate other people's relationships with God but is to allow them just to see God for who God is and let God form their relationship with them. And that is going to look different than my relationship with them. And so I, as a Christian, have to be okay with that. Um, even if it looks different and I, maybe I'm, that's where my context is, is so like people get their, um, for lack of better term panties in a wad when like my, when, when, young people's relationships look different with God than old people's relationships. I mean, it's just a common topic. And so what I see in this passage is don't let your, what you think dictate how other people should react, you know, be with God. And that's a, a gospel implication. And then that last thing about like what you were saying with Jacob's ladder, Haley, I don't think it's nerdy, but I think it's awesome that you made that connection. Cause I didn't make that connection but it's totally there. And, and he's right. This is also John, each of the gospel writers at some point in their gospel is says, and this is the beginning and let me show you what's coming. And so for John, it's really coming here. He's had the word is made flesh, the testimony of John the Baptist, the names of Jesus, he's calling the disciples. And now in Jesus's own words, he's saying, and now here I am. And so I thought that that was really like, it's like almost the gospel starts in chapter two right there. Like all the action starts now. So I just, that's kind of what I was thinking about. Well, I, I think that all of those things are great. I especially, I think that invitation to come and see I, the only other thing, like I saw that I was like, I don't know if I'll get to fit it in, but I'm going to fit it in here. It's just the way that Jesus found Philip. That's what the word it uses that Jesus found Philip. And then Philip 
found Nathaniel, that there's something that is like generative about this faith that just continues to go on and on, um, that Jesus can find other people through us. And so, um, yeah, I think that's an exciting thing that we get to be a part of. Um, so I really appreciate all of you for joining in this conversation. And I'm going to ask Carrie um, to close us in a word of prayer. I'd be happy to. Let's pray. God, we come before you each in different spaces and in different ways. We come before you at different times um, and in different attitudes. God, we come before you each as individual, individual, um, individual people whom you have created. Um, and God, we say we are thankful that you have with us each a different relationship, a different call, a different perspective. Um, we are thankful that you have gone out of your way, God, to draw us each in when we were excited and ready and when we were hesitant and nervous and when we outright ran the other direction. God, this is true through your word and we see it in this passage that we just discussed today. God, I pray that you open all of our hearts and our minds to continue to hear you working in the scriptures and in our lives. And God, I ask that you help us continue to be the people who just say, come with me and see. For God, we know that you will meet them there. And we are just grateful. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, everyone. And I just pray blessings for each one of you as we continue through this new year. So blessings and bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Deep Gospel. Deep Gospel is a weekly conversation and ministry of Campus to City Wesley, a multi-site campus ministry serving college-age young adults in Northeast Florida. To find out more about worship gatherings and other ways to connect to our community, check out campustocity.org. You can also support us by becoming a Patreon supporter. Until next time, don't forget, you are deeply loved by God. Blessings.